0: Okay, we're in the middle of parenting the disciple. These principles are true for both parenting and discipling. Very good. Next slide. Quick review. We've talked about revelation. Oh, by the way, does everybody have a handout? Handouts here? And does anybody need more house lights so that they can read the notes? Do you have enough house lights? Leanne, you good? Okay. You may need a pen or pencil to fill in some of the questions. If you need a pen or pencil, ask Neam. he'll find you one. So we started this whole trip with revelation. It's a divine idea. It's the truth. About our kids that we can't see yet. And how do we get revelation? Anybody? Yes, we seek and we ask for it. So who would like fresh revelation tonight? Raise your hand. That's the seeking. Now let's ask everybody to the Lord. Lord, give me fresh revelation tonight. Something I have never seen before from your Holy Spirit. Amen. With that divine idea, we meditate on it or we use our imagination. It's like a blueprint on building a building. We put in the details. You're the architect. You put things where you want them. You imagine your children on how you want them to turn out. Using imagination puts details on the divine idea. Then we get our authority. If you're the parent... You have the authority, but you have to use it. It's sort of like a building permit that you put up on your construction project. It gives you the authority with that child or with a disciple. Then number four, we do this all in covenant love. It is the foundation. Everything else that we talk about from here on out is founded in covenant love, including communication. All right. We're going to be coming back to that. The foundation, it's a covenant, is 100% and 100%. A, co- a contract says if you do something, I will do something. Doesn't work in parenting. You have to be working in covenant love. Number five, operating in covenant love. We, uh, we model Jesus in this as he was feeding the 5,000. He looked up, he saw what the father did, and then he fed the 5,000. When we are parenting or discipling, we look up, Lord, what do you want me to do with this problem? And He will show you. Then it's just monkey see, monkey do. The Father did this. We're going to do this in parenting or discipling. Okay? And six, expectations. That was our first wall. God design, God assigns our identity. All right? It's up to us to agree with. What God sees us as. We are not losers. We are not, you know, the scum. We're not going to end up just like your parents and like your grandfather and all this. God assigns our authority. God assigns our identity. We agree with God.
1: Okay, and then next we had modeling behavior in the spirit. And showing your kids how to operate in the spirit by your example. We have modeling behavior in the soul um, to take every thought captive or capture every thought. Teaching them to deal with anger. People will make you angry. How are you going to deal with it? Life will not be fair. How will you handle that? And show them how to use their will and make their decisions based on what Jesus would have them do. Then we have modeling behavior in the body. Be your brother's keeper. Be a blessing to your community. Okay, we can choose our attitude. Uh, Sometimes it's not easy. It's easy to choose a bad attitude. It's hard to choose a good attitude when bad things are happening to us. But it is a choice, and you can choose a good attitude. And then publicly show respect to your spouse, to each other, um, to your elders. Whoever you meet, showing respect is important.
0: All right, so we come to communication tonight. This is a communication model. Can you see it on your paper? A little bit better, maybe? First of all, there to the left, we have a sender, all right? Somebody is sending a communication, a message. Then you have a receiver, right? The receiver is going to decode or try to figure out what you are communicating. Now many times this is where communication stops. For instance, a text. Why aren't you here picking me up? What do you mean? I texted you. That was only sent one way. It was not a complete cycle of a communication model. When communication happens is when that decoder or that receiver sends another message back to you. And you have understood that message as to match the message you sent. Dad, pick me up at 220 at the Kiowa building uh, on Wednesday. She sent that message. Has she communicated? Has she communicated? Not yet. When I send a text back, I will be there at 220 at Richland College in the back by the Z parking lot, right? I will be there. Then I have taken her message and I have sent her message back to her confirming that I understood. Now, there are some things that get in the way. It's called noise. All right, noise may be I didn't get the message, technical difficulties. Maybe you're mumbling and I didn't quite understand it. Maybe I meant you. Maybe I thought you meant to on Thursday and not Wednesday. Maybe you're mad and I'm mad that you're mad. All of this is noise. These kind of things get in the way of communication. We're talking about parents to. to to youth or children, but children back to the parents. And that's why I wanted the youth in here tonight. This is talking about uh, disciples and disciplers. This is talking about men and women, people at work, guys on stage and the guys in the booth. You guys are awesome. Thank you for saying that I'm awesome. We have just communicated I got a thumbs up. They understood me. Does everybody understand this model? All right, give me some examples of noise of what would stop a communication model. Just raise your hand or speak it out. Distractions, like what? I'm driving? Screaming kids. How about emotions? Yes. Somebody else trying to talk at the same time. Yes, anger. anger, emotions. Anybody else? Yes. A new shiny woman. A what? A new shiny moment. flash of Yes, exactly. <laughs> a, squirrel. a squirrel. That's right. Our, our, uh, exactly, a squirrel. A new shiny thing. All right. So this is the communication model. If you are not, if, if there is a, a breakdown in communication. Go back to this model and find out where did it break down. Did the message actually get through to them? Uh, Jordan, I'm going to use you an example. I'm in my office at home. It's kind of in a converted garage in the back of the house. I hear her say, And then, boom, the door closes. I'm like, what? What was that? And she's gone. Has she communicated? No. All I heard was... So I'm on, my, I'm on the, uh, my phone saying, where are you? She says, I told you I'm going over to Starbucks to hang out with Hannah's. <laughs> All right? I didn't hear it. There was noise there. A closed door. I was focused on a computer thing. I wasn't focused on her, right? She took off before I, the receiver, decoded her message and say, okay, have fun, it's Starbucks. What time will you be back? That is a communication breakdown. Everybody get it? All right, we're going to move on. Pushing the buttons. Okay. We let it go to sleep. <laughs> Don't let it go to sleep. have a sleepy tablet. This part will be edited out. As she is figuring that out, at the top of your page, do you have communication between men and women? Okay. When Claire and I first got married, we got a book called Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. Who has read that or even heard about it? Oh, wow. So you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Men have a way of communicating. Jordan, do men have a way of communicating? We talked about yesterday. Women have a way of communicating. And wow, is it hard to understand each other sometimes. Okay? Here we go.
1: We're awake now. (laughs) All right. So men and women communicate differently, as he just said. And there are some typical things Mm -hmm. that are true of men and women not exclusive not all the time but they tend to be how men and women communicate men tend to be task-based give me something to do I will accomplish it that's all I need to know they like to fix problems they sometimes need to go to their cave which um, can mean I just need to get away and spend some time you know it's really popular now to have a man cave you know a room of the house is the man cave well there's a reason for that sometimes men need to get away to process things um, they are fact based just give me all the facts give me all the information don't really need a lot of emotion in it just tell me what's going on facts they need to conquer which kind of goes along with fixing the problem and they need to gain respect A lot of times, they will do something because they want to be respected. Women, on the other hand, tend to be relationship-based. They want to share their problems. They're not always looking for a solution. They just want you to hear their heart and what's going on. And that's all. Just listen. They vent to share. They may come home giving you the list of problems of things that happened today. Again... Don't need to share, just go, oh, wow, honey, that's awful. I hear that list of things that you had go wrong today. It's all they want. Don't need to fix it. Don't need to offer suggestions. Um, They are generally feelings-based. They generally talk to other people in order to connect with them. And they have a need to feel loved and valued.
0: So, I'm going to be speaking to the men here. Women, you can't listen. But to the men, all right, women dread being out of contact. If you go into your cave or you get away or you need to process something, you need to let them know, I'll be back, but I need to go process this thing. I need to be alone. They hate being out of contact. Any of the women agree? Yes? There Women, um, withdrawing from women creates anxiety in them. They start, their imagination starts going. Remember what, who was it that, uh, yeah, Kim. Mm -hmm. With the, um, right? The woman was all like, he's seeing another woman and whatever, and my motorcycle's broken. All right? All he was doing is thinking about how can I fix my motorcycle. Controlling without... Connecting causes fear. You go do this, woman, because I'm the man and you must do it and I'm going to be in my cave commanding you from a distance. Another, uh, uh, another way of doing it is, hey, honey, can we together go and conquer this thing together? Complaints may be a plea to connect Men, when a woman comes to you and starts complaining about this and that and the other thing and whatever, they may feel distant. It is their way of saying, hey, will you connect with me and help me with this problem? Women are designed to connect. That is how God made them, and don't try to fix them off of that. They need us to connect with them. Even though we may need to be in a cave and figure things out, all right? we, we need to let them connect with us. Women can't connect when they're fearful. When they're freaking out about something, you need to deal with the fear thing before you connect. And this lack of connection, women, confirm this or not, is painful. It's actually painful when they cannot connect with their man. Now, parents, to your girls, when your girls are feeling anxious, are you allowing them to connect with you or are you too busy with your own life? What if the girl is complaining about something, this, that, or the other? And you're just like, well, just go to your room and deal with it. You're pushing them away from that connection. I'm talking about to your children here, right? If they're fearful about something, They're not going to be able to connect with you, the parent. All right? And it is painful. And they will find a connection somewhere else if you're not going to be that connection. That's your job as parents, to allow your baby girls to connect with you, moms and dads. All right? All right,
1: and to the women... Any of you have, uh, who have ever tried it have probably discovered nagging does not work. It in fact generally makes things worse. I will tell you that if James does something somewhat habitually that I have communicated, All I really don't like when you do that.
0: Alright, that would happen.
1: Yeah, never yeah, happens. No. Just if if that were to happen. Scenario. Yeah. <laughs> um, I found that Letting him know over and over again doesn't really change the behavior and it just makes him upset so I back off I let him know that really doesn't bless me I would appreciate if you would do it this way but if he doesn't, I let it go unless it's something really big you know
0: she has given me something to fix if she goes nya, 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 <laughs> I don't hear it but if she comes to me and says, will you help me fix something? Oh, yes. Well, how can I help? Well, when you leave your socks on the ground, what happens is I step on them and slip and kill, <laughs> kick the cat and whatever, and I don't want to kill the cat. Will you help me not kill the cat? Oh, I can fix something by picking up my socks. Do you understand the difference, girls? Give me a problem to fix instead of a nee, 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 nee. Got it?
1: Men are happiest when they are successful. When they are successful in something, acknowledge it, and you will have a happier man in your life. And these also, of course, go with our young men, our boys. You know, they want to feel successful and not beat down or unsuccessful. Um, They have a desire to protect, not connect. From a young age, we had Jonathan go around at night and check the doors on the house. And to this day, he still has a part in our security at night. And he just, you know, even at a young age, they can go around and protect the family, check the doors, make sure everything's locked up at night. Okay? That's important for them. Um, He has a low self-esteem if he can't succeed. Okay? When they're young, give them things that they can succeed at, and then challenge them to a little bit harder things and a little bit harder things. But when they do succeed, acknowledge that, and that will build them up even more. Men are designed to solve problems. Let them solve the problems if they can. They can't connect when they're feeling failure. If they are, let them have their space, move on to things that they are successful on. And for men, a sense of failure is painful.
0: So, quick review in your communication with the opposite sex, whether it be your husband or your child, somebody at work. Women need to know that you have connected with them. I understand what you're saying here, and I feel, feel emotion with you. Men, it's like, hey, I have this thing to fix and conquer and whatever. Will you help me fix and conquer this thing? That's how we hear. We're from Mars, you're from Venus. That will help in your communication cycle. Let me show you a picture here. You guys know it. Star Wars uh, poster. And this is a beautiful picture of successful communication. The man has conquered. The woman is connected to the man. All right? There's the bad guy in the background, and I will protect you from the bad guy and the woman says, I will connect with you. Isn't that amazing? The women are like, how romantic. The man is standing over with this lightsaber. And the man's like, I will open up my shirt and show you my muscles. <laughs> and see how strong I am in protecting you. And they have effective communication. All right? I have heard that the women, when they look at this, they go, wow, it's romantic. And the men look at it, it's like, wow, I want to be the hero. This is how we see each other, and this is how we connect with each other. All right, when bad communication happens, this is very refined here. Men will experience shame. You didn't do this, you couldn't conquer this. You don't love me, which means I failed in a task. When bad communication happens, women will feel fear. When good communication happens, men will expect, uh, experience respect and honor. Girls, we need respect more than we need love. You're, you're a great dad. Thank you. Son, thank you for locking up the doors. You have protected this family. Let me tell you a little story here. How old were you when the hot uh, water heater or the air conditioner caught fire? Six or seven? Six or seven. This guy's a protector from birth. A little bitty fire started in our air conditioning closet. Jonathan, I don't know if you smelled something or saw a flicker or whatever, and he heard it. He heard the fire. He went yelling through the house, there's a fire or something to that effect. People got to it quickly and put it out few more minutes it could have been a big fire he saved a lot he saved our house maybe even saved some lives i don't know and he was the hero all right and he went around the house like this you know holding his lightsaber no not really (laughs) but i gotta tell you we had to communicate to him thank you very much for protecting us that helped his self-esteem and pushed him towards a life A lifetime of helping protect others. If you see something like that, say something. All right? Amen? Cool. All right. Um, When good communication happens, men experience respect and honor. Women will feel love. Look at those two, I think they're verbs. Experience and feel. Two different things, guys. Two different things. Men don't like to feel. We like to experience. Women, they like to feel Love and communication. Amen? Cool. Code words. Claire and I came up with this code word. Push the button is the code word. (laughs) There it is. Oh, what is the main factor in good communication? Covenant love. If I am saying you need to serve me on how I communicate, is that covenant love? No. How would I as a man... Operate in covenant love to a woman. I will let them feel a connection. I will hear them out. I will let them know that they are loved and that they are honored. Flip it around. If she's operating in covenant love, she will let me process these things quietly. And once I get out of my cave, I will come and tell her what I fixed or the solution I came up with. Then we have connected she has allowed me to go into my cave to process this and in covenant love I come out of my cave and I connect with her saying this is what I was going through
1: then we have some code words that James and I have come up with where with just a phrase just a few words we communicate with each other more than just those few words Um, a lot of times James will say not mad I'm just in my cave I know okay he's just processing something but it lets me know where he is so that I don't feel like oh he's drifting off and he doesn't love me anymore no, he's just processing something figuring out how to fix the motorcycle whatever okay but it's not about me women a lot of times I just need to vent don't fix my problem I'm not giving you a problem to fix I just need to vent So just those few words lets him know, don't fix it, just listen. I don't need a fix, okay? I need to get my words out. Some of us have more words in us than others. As a teacher, I see this a lot. Some kids do not know how to stop talking. There are so many words in their head, and they all come out. Sometimes they just need to get their words out, okay? So it's just, I just have a lot built up. I've been quiet all day. I just need to get my words out or I need words I need you to tell me how do you more think about this this? Looks?
0: do I look pretty what do you think about this it's a code mm-hmm. she needs words
1: mm-hmm. Jessica was ours on that what do you think of this outfit oh it looks really great babe how about my hair your hair looks great do you really like it yes we really like it <laughs> she needed a lot of words when she was younger so, those are kind of clues that your child may need words. Lots of questions. What do you think?
0: So, when Claire comes to me and she's starting to talk, I need to ask her, do you need me to just listen or do you need me to fix something here? She will let me know, I just need to vent, all right? It's those code words. When Sometimes when we're communicating, emotions get in the way and it's like, I just need to vent, Well, the other person could think, well, now they're mad at me. If you have these code words ahead of time, I need to vent, you decide on these code words in a calm, controlled manner. Honey, when I say I need to vent, I'm not mad at you. I've just had a rough day and I need to explode on somebody and you won the prize, you're (laughs) it. So when they come home and they just, are you venting? Do you need me to fix it? Venting, go.
2: Blah, blah, blah,
0: blah. And I'm like, uh huh, I get a wow, man, that's bad. Okay. Oh, she does like this, she has released it, and I have covenant loved her. Alright? Or if I come home and I'm like this, I'm just rolling around. Alright? I was like, she'll look at me. No, I'm not mad at you. I just need to be in my cave. And I'll go off the A lot of somewhere. times I
1: don't even have to say the words. I just look at him with that right. question.
0: I'm in my cave, all right? But I come out of the cave. All right? Do you need a couple of minutes? Which means, am I going to get chewed out if I get close to you? Just give me a couple minutes. I'm going to deal with this. Let me calm myself down. Okay? Um, out in public if I am talking about something that she doesn't want me to talk about because it was a private matter and I forgot and I'm talking about this intimate stuff, she will say, hey, that would be good to discuss later, which (laughs) is code for shut up. (laughs) The whole world doesn't need to hear this. But we have discussed and we have decided on these code words in a controlled, calm manner so that when the time comes up, you will know what they're talking about
1: okay so on your paper there are some fill in the blanks for some ideas for some code words that you might come up with that would work for you and anybody that you spend a lot of time with to work out if you just need to talk whether it's to a friend to your spouse to a neighbor to co-workers But somebody that you spend a lot of time with, you can come up with these code words for them, too. So what might you say to somebody if you need to talk to them or when you need to be left alone or when you just need time to think and come back later to address it? So you can think of your own words that would work with you and that other person that you spend a lot of time with and see what would work for you.
0: Can I encourage the husband and wife teams here to take these Home and say, honey, when you you know we need to talk. Here's the word, kids and parents, come up with your own code words. Don't assume that in the moment of anger or frustration they're going to understand you. Say, Dad, when I'm mad at you, this is what I'm going to say. All right. Jordan will give me this look, Dad, you're you're out of line. I'm like, I need to shut up and calm down, and then we'll talk later. All right. Take these, really, this will save you a lot of fights and hard feelings and and offenses. Take it home, study it, and decide on your code words. Next three, which I will push the button. There.
1: Okay, we also have code words when we are mad at the other person. Like Shane just said, sometimes Jordan will come to him and she'll say, I need to let you know I'm upset with you. If you're in public, the other person is saying things they shouldn't, that's a really good one to have a code word for. So it's not real obvious, but you really want them to stop talking quickly. So you come up with those.
0: All right. So in our pillars, right, we've got the foundation of what? What's our foundation? Covenant love. So this is another wall we're putting on our covenant love, all right, and it is communication. And there are three parts that we deal with in every wall. What are they? They're the spirit, soul, and body. Okay? Spirit, soul, and body. Um, a couple years ago, Jordan was in volleyball at school. All right? And we had set up a volleyball net in our back area, and uh, we were practicing. And I, as the best coach in the world, decided to coach her, all right, on how to serve. And I said, all right, you need to put your, first, your left foot here and your right foot here, and you need to twist your torso like this, and you need to punch that ball. I think it's hilarious that a guy in a wheelchair is talking about wheel pla- or foot placement. But anyway... She's looking at me like, oh, I'm going to do it because you're my authority, but I really don't want to. Am I right? And I was like, okay, the more I coached her, another word would be maybe bullying, the more frustrated she became. I was like, all right, come over here. We need to talk. What's the problem? And kind of with a little tear and a little mad, she's like, coach will not allow us her coach, would not allow us to stand and do the way I was talking, right? So we thought, we said, well, how, how are you supposed to, you know, do this? And she told me how to do this. And I, as the parent, I as the authority, had to humble myself and say, all right, she's learning coach's way and not my way, and I will support her in coach's way how to get in a good fight. We're going to teach each other how to get in a good fight. Let's first of all go over on how to get into a bad fight. All right? First of all, make sure your heart is filled with pride, as much pride as you can possibly get in there. Secondly, don't listen to their logic because their logic means that they're not listening to you and by golly, you know more than they do, right? Third, their feelings are are their problem and not yours. I mean, goodness sakes, how are you going to fix their problems and their feelings? Then don't listen to what they say because they're just going to try to change your mind. And then last, allow anger and as much anger as you can possibly get to fill your heart. And then start your communication. This is a great way and very successful. I have tested and tried it on how to get in a bad fight, cause problems, divisions, anxiety, hurt feelings in the person you're trying to communicate with. Not very good, right? Has anybody ever been there with me on a bad fight, done that kind of thing? What is the outcome, right? It it just doesn't work. So what Jordan and I did, we got in a good fight or a good communication, all right? How to get in a good fight. Fill your heart with love, covenant love. I will do it all 100% and the other person will love 100% in humility. If you don't have this heart of love going into this, it's not going to work. Did I love Jordan? Yes, I did. Do I, did I want her to see, succeed in volleyball? Yes, I did. Was my way the most important way? Mm, no. No. I needed to humble myself. Secondly, listen completely to the logic, logic, guys, fix it, of their argument. Her coach would not allow her to serve the ball this way. To me as a father, that made sense. I as a father had to submit humble to the coach, right? This is a good way to get in a good fight then listen completely with your heart to their emotional, ah, the woman's side of it, position. She was getting mad at me, and rightfully so, because I was pushing her and pushing her and pushing her to this point of frustration. I was at fault for her being frustrated and upset. So what did I have to do? J- Jordan, would you forgive me? Thank you. She forgave me for that... I had to not only hit her logic, but her emotions. Both are very important in a good fight. Then never leave until there is no evidence of frustration. Are we okay with this? Yes, I'm okay. Do you completely forgive me? Yes, I forgive you. Okay, let's learn how to serve this ball the way coach wants. And then before you leave, check your heart. Man, that girl if she ever asked me to help her with volleyball again i'm going to really sh- oh, that dad i'm never going to ask him to help me again because all he does is push 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 then your heart's not right then the fight the good fight or the confrontation was a failure you've got to completely forgive and let it go okay and then pushing the button when pride wins When pride wins, it yields separation. Jordan and I could have been separated from that because of my pride. Separation will yield independence. I'm never going to ask him to help me with volleyball again. Independence yields bitterness and depression. I can never have a relationship with my dad again. And then you you, you lead into depression. And then depression yields self-destruction guys pride in a in communication my way will lead to self-destruction it will lead to bitterness put pride down deal with communication with covenant love amen i got one yes in the back all right here's your question am i running from fights or confrontations before they are done Don't run away until you have completely communicated. And then the parenting proverb, don't run. Fight the good fight. Yay, we threw a scripture in there. (laughs) Uh.
1: (laughs) All right. One of the other common themes of our house, and this has to do with communication, is where is your heart in this? Okay? The heart, out of the heart, flows to the tongue and what comes out of our mouth is a reflection of what is in our heart. If you've ever corrected your child, you've probably experienced a less than pleasant reaction from them on at least one occasion. I remember when Jessica was about 9 years old, we were in her room and she had just been corrected for uh, a dispute with her brother and she was caught being bossy with him and She was right. She was just trying to make him follow the rules. She was perfectly justified in telling him what to do. That was her reaction to being corrected. said, well, while you are correct that those were the rules and he wasn't following them, it's not your job to make him follow the rules. said, you can remind him of the rules, and then if he chooses to disobey and continue on that path, that's his choice but it is not your job to make him follow the rules. And so after communicating this to her, she still sat there on her bed with her little arms crossed in front of her, still very justified that she had tried to make her brother obey the rules because she knew the rules and she was going to make him obey. And I brought out the question, where is your heart in this? Because where her heart was, was I know the right thing to do, I'm doing the right thing and I will make my brother do the right thing too. It was all about pride and how wonderful she was at following the rules and there was really no love for her brother in it. In fact, she was kind of trying to get him in trouble and there's no love in that. A better way for her to have dealt with her brother would be, okay, why should he follow the rules? Well, so he won't get in trouble. There's a motivation of love in that. Hey, Jonathan, don't get in trouble. Follow this rule so you don't get in trouble with mom and dad, remember? That's a heart of love rather than, Jonathan, you better follow that rule because it's the right thing to do and I'm telling you to do it. Big difference in the heart there, isn't it? So when you're correcting your child, ask them, Is your heart showing love because you're trying to keep that person from something bad? Or is your heart saying, I'm right, you're wrong, you should do what I'm saying. And it could often look similar, but you can usually tell where the heart is. Okay? So, teach your child to examine their heart. Are the things that are coming out of me based in selfishness and pride or are they out of love for the other person and they can learn to align their heart with Jesus and love and thinking of the good things for the other person rather than how right they are. So we align ourselves with Jesus. This is a habit that can be taught. Sometimes it takes a while. But if you bring it up on a regular basis and don't let it go, they learn. And then they start doing it on their own. And you have to do it less and less. And it's really nice when that happens. Okay, so the question is think about an issue with which you have struggled and examine your heart. Do you have the heart of Jesus for others? With your coworkers? Is there that one coworker that. You're right, and they're wrong. If they would just do it your way, things would be good. Or do you have a heart of love for them? What do they need to be communicated? And then the parenting proverb, does my heart mirror love or self?
0: Amen. Again, based on covenant love, guys, where's your heart in this? I'm going to ask my two kids here, Jonathan and Jordan, to come up on stage. They're going to help me with this next chapter. Dealing with Dad when he is angry. Dad's, have you ever been angry with your kids? Come on, guys. Jonathan, Jordan. I know I have. I have been uh, out of out of balance. I have let my disappointment and my um, I don't know, maybe even my fear overcome me and I would um, lash out at my kids in anger. After I did that, I asked them to forgive me, but I want them to tell you on how to deal with a dad when he is angry. Now, Jessica Jonathan N. Jordan wrote a little bit in the book on how to deal with dad when he's angry and so Claire is going to read uh, Jessica's part on this and um, so just imagine Jessica saying this.
1: My hair is long and blonde. (laughs) Okay, so,
0: when dad gets Uh mad.
1: So, this is what Jessica wrote. Usually when my dad gets mad I feel what is best to do in this situation is even though I have not always followed through on this, instead of just giving a passive response, you should talk with dad and come up with a plan on how to deal with this in the future. Tell him that you still love him bunches and think he's a great dad. Let him know that we don't let our problems define us. In the end, let the small things go. Talk with a heart of love and understanding for the other person. She got some of the lessons, yay! <laughs> and know that you're a family, and that you can make this, make it through this.
2: Um, so, so when I was younger, uh, believe it or not, my dad struggled a lot with anger. Um, and he would lash out over small and insignificant things that really didn't matter. Um, and more often than not, there was offense that happened during this um, and division of relationships. Um, and while he was yelling at me for something, I would kind of just shut down. I wouldn't tell him my point of view or where I was coming from in this out of fear of him just, oh, well, you, I know what I'm talking about, and you, your opinion doesn't matter. Um, and so I would kind of just shut down and not express what I felt on the situation. Um, it's very important for the kids not to argue with their parents or for people not to argue with their authority, but to express peacefully where they are coming from. Um, A lot of times when my dad got mad, when I started learning more and more how to deal with him, I would be quiet at first and let him get out what he needed to say, and then not in a loud, well, I think this, um, I would say, well, this is why I did it this way. This is why I did that. I'm sorry if that offended you. Um, another thing that that I've learned, um, it's a saying that goes, hurt people, hurt people. Um, and it's not saying, hurt people, hurt them. Um, it's, It's saying that when you get offended by someone, they normally offend you, not out of a place of love and out of a place of peace, but they are hurt and so they lash out at others. And that completely changed the way I looked at uh, people being rude to me or disrespecting me because I knew that they were coming from a place of brokenness or, or something was going wrong with them. And instead of thinking like, oh man, I can't believe they treated me that way, I would think, man, they must be going through a lot. I need to sympathize with them and and be able to give them what they need, be able to return a soft word for for the harshness that was dealt out to me. Um and another thing that I found was really helpful is just taking time to to calm down, let things calm down before. Um, going and talking because a lot of times when you're in the middle of an argument it's very hard to hear the other person's point of view and it's easy to say oh well I'm right they're wrong they don't know what they're talking about but once things calm down once people settle down and they're not so angry it's easier to hear people's heart on it
3: Okay, so when my dad gets angry, the first thing I usually do is give him space because when he's angry and like in the moment, he's not always thinking clearly. And so once he like has time to really think about it, he can like calm down and think about it more logically. And then um, I approach him in a respectful way and tell him why I felt angry and like how it made me feel because I'm a girl. <laughs> um but I do it respectfully and not like accuse him of certain things, but just tell him my point of view on it. And then I try and listen to the reason on why he was mad at me and try and see his point of view and try not be like one-sided about it and just how it made me feel, but how it made him feel and how I can like respect that. Um, I also like don't overstep my boundaries because I know that he is my authority and I needed to respect him. And there is a right way to respect someone and still communicate in a wrong way and again not like accusing him of certain things but just telling him why it made you feel like that way and then um also like i voice my opinion and don't just don't just make it oh yeah you're right dad you're right but say this is why this is like why i feel this way um and then we have to like forgive each other and learn to let it go
0: Amen. Why don't you guys give him a big hand for coming up there and doing that. I grew up in a house. I grew up in a house where there was a lot of anger at me. Jonathan's hurt people. Hurt people? Uh, Very true. But I want... I don't want my son or... Daughters copying what I did, what my did, dad did to me, and what his dad did to him. I want to stop it right here. And that's why I had my kids come up in front of you and say, This is how we deal with it. Uh, men, we have, um, we need to stop this cycle of anger, right? We need to come up with skills that we pass on to our children to stop this cycle of anger. And so that's why we're doing this. That's why I wanted my kids to come up and say, yeah, I I have been angry. I've been wrong. But this is how we're dealing with it. This is how we're stopping it. I'm angry at the tablet. There we go. A question. Can you humble yourself and ask your kids for wisdom? Parenting proverb. Listen to your kids. Many times they are full of wisdom. Kids will teach you so much. Those that you're discipling, those that are under you, maybe at work, can teach you so much if you can just humble yourself and listen. Amen? That's a good one.
1: All right, and then we come to communication in the body. Okay, the next section titled, If It's Not Repeated, It's Not Received. This started when the kids were toddlers and were busy playing with their toys, and it was time to clean up or go to bed or come eat dinner or whatever it was. And I'd say, Okay time for bed time for dinner no response they're busy they're playing they're not focused on me so i started a habit saying their name look at mom wait till they look If they don't maybe you have to walk over there and put some effort into it not from across the room and so i did this waited till they were looking at me gave the directions and had them repeat it back. Just like our model in the beginning, if they are not communicating it back, Mm -hmm. they might not have gotten the right message. And so a lot of times, if I was nearby, I would take my hand, put it on their face, make them look at me as I gave them the directions. And I knew that Jessica had gotten this concept when we were out somewhere, a home group or something like that, and I was talking to someone else, and she was playing nearby. And she wanted my attention, so she grabbed my face and pulled it over to look at her so that she could talk to me. (laughs) She didn't know that it was rude to interrupt adults, but she knew how to get my attention and communicate effectively with me. She'd seen me do it many times. So she pulled my face over and told me what she wanted to tell me. So communication is not achieved unless the child can clearly repeat your instructions. And of course, as they get older, they get better at that. We'll know that they understand when we see them repeating our actions without being prompted. Now, this goes to what kind of actions do you want them to repeat? Telling them, go bless your neighbor, is different than showing them, helping them, guiding them. And you'll know that they've received the message that helping your neighbors is important when you see them start to go out and do it themselves so it's not just words it's also actions they are repeating what you say or what you do until we as adults are repeating by our actions what jesus did we have not completely captured his communication so what actions are important to you And how can you get your kids to repeat them? And then the parenting proverbs, stop, look, communicate, and repeat it back.
0: Guys, this is the model of discipleship. You go and show them how to do it. Then you bring them along with, and then you send them out to do it yourselves. All right. We are all called to be disciples. Amen and this is the model, it's simple show them how to do it bring them along while you do it and then send them out to do it themselves Amen Alright, communication in the spirit um, I save this one for last because it's, it's so vitally important You ever heard think before you speak? Right? And if you do, you get to save yourself a lot of problems. We take it a step further. And this takes some practice. Be in the spirit before you speak. When you come home in one event, be in the spirit before you speak. When guys just want to get away and pull into their cave and, well, are you in the spirit doing that? Or does your wife or Someone needs you. Be in the spirit. John eight twenty eight. Be in the spirit before you speak. This is a lifestyle that you cannot just turn on and off. This is something that is practiced. I have practiced this every day. I try to get better at it every day. Before I open my mouth, am I in the spirit? Am I submitted? Am I angry? I'm going to ask my kids a question here and I want you guys to be honest. Jonathan, Jordan, am I better at being angry? Yes. (laughs) Am I? Am I better at not communicating through anger? Right. This is why, guys. Because I test my words before I put them out now. Is this an angry thought? Just yesterday, I let an angry word go. And then the Spirit said, that was an angry word. And I had to repent and ask forgiveness from my son and daughter. Okay? The Spirit was there saying, that word needs to be brought back and put under submission and thrown out. Be in the Spirit. The deeper and closer you get to the Father God, the more listening becomes natural. It is a path, guys. This isn't going to happen overnight. Overnight. You wake up every morning and say, am I in the spirit? What am I going to say to my workers? What am I going to say to my husband or wife or my kids? Can you go about your normal day and still be in his presence? I believe so. This isn't a Sunday at church thing. This is a lifestyle thing. Can you do it when you're tired on a Wednesday night? When you're tired of sitting here, can you still be in the presence? Yes, I can. And what, guess what? We're tired too. She's had a full day. We've had a full day, but we're trying to be in the spirit so we can communicate this clearly. When we dwell in his presence, then our communication becomes spirit-led. It's not something you turn on and off. It is a dwelling. The more you're hanging around God, the more sensitive you're going to become. Question. For the first thing, before you get out of bed, don't say, don't say anything. Just set your mind on His presence. You put yourself with Him before you get out of bed. Can you commit yourself at the top of each hour that you will put your mind on the Heavenly Father for just one minute? This is how I started. All right, it's 3 o'clock. Father, what are you doing? I'm looking up. What are you doing? What are you saying? And then I go on. And then many times my mind would drift off, top of the hour, all right, set it back, set it back, set it back, to the point where I was just doing it all the time. And the father would say, it's time to do the dishes. It's time to do, you know, do your taxes, whatever. I was completely in his presence as I was going about my day. And then as you're drifting off to sleep, use your imagination to explore heaven with your heavenly daddy. That is really cool. Instead of thinking about the worries of your day, instead of thinking about your to-do list tomorrow, just put your mind on exploring heaven with your dad. He might have you down a path or going over an ocean or up on the top of a mountain, but just being with him is the deal. And as you're with him, your mind will be with him and your heart will be with him and then guess what else will be with him? Every word that comes out of your mouth will be filtered in a spirit word. And that's going to solve a lot of problems that we get into on how we communicate. Parenting proverb. Dwelling in his presence changes everything and makes you a completely effective communicator. At the end of each session, we go over a forgiveness time. If the Holy Spirit has prompted your heart saying, you know, I have some unforgiveness on somebody that didn't communicate with me clearly, or my dad communicated with me in anger, or my mom, or my pastor, or my boss, and I have something in my heart that hasn't quite been settled. Let's deal with that right now. Everybody, close your eyes bow your head Holy Spirit talk to us clearly do we hold unforgiveness in our heart over someone that did not communicate with covenant love but they were selfish they used anger I want to stop this cycle, and I will forgive them as an act of my will. I release that person that communicated to me in a wrong way, and I forgive them, and I let it go. I take that burden off of my shoulder, and I place it on the ground, and I am a much lighter person. I forgive myself for communicating selfishly, me first. My heart was not right, out of anger. I forgive myself. And I take that burden off of my shoulder, and I place it on the ground. And I commit my communication to be father-filtered, because I'm going to be dwelling day and night, in his presence. Thank you, Lord, for taking these things off of us. Thank you, Lord, and we bless those people that communicated wrongly to us. We release your Holy Spirit and revelation power on them that they can now communicate in a spirit-led way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys for coming, and we will see you next Wednesday when we're going to be talking about disciplining
1: your kids.